Hey, everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today, we are going to conclude our discussion on true intimacy, if the Lord says the same, because if the Lord will have us to talk in this topic again, then that's exactly what we will do. But if the Lord says, this is it, that's what we'll do too. Then then this is it. (laughs) This is it for the last Sunday in June. June. We've been dealing with true intimacy for this past month. And um, last week when we were talking about intimacy killers, I made reference to scripture and I said um, something along the lines of, well, if you even think in your heart, you know, that you already committed adultery. And that scripture actually, is there's a scripture for it. And it's in Matthew 5, 27, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 28. And it's in red too, so you know, you know, Jesus is saying it. What? So it's in, (laughs) so uh, the scripture reads, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. And this is what we were talking back, talking about last week. Um, but I say to you that everyone who so much looks as looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So again, this I knew uh, I knew it was in the Bible, but I just wanted to give you the scripture for that. And um because I think I said that in the first podcast. I was like, I'll never say something's in the Bible if it's not. And just wanted to make sure I gave you the actual scripture for it. Yeah, we try to make sure that if it's Doug saying it, if it's Renee saying it, that we're pretty clear that it's us saying it. Yeah. But if it's in the word of God, we want to make sure we direct you to where it is in the word of God. Because mm-hmm. you'll hear things often said and people will say it's a Bible, but... There may not, not be a scripture yeah. <laughs> that coincides with that quote, that yeah. statement. So you take a you step, know. the Lord will take two things like that. Right. Right. That, that's right. not the Bible. Right. So we're still looking at how, <laughs> how you can have uh, intimacy with your spouse this week. Yes. But it, there are some things that you want to start with. To if you don't mind. Help. Absolutely. Okay. So this podcast um, in uh, my prayer time this week, I felt like I was um, directed by the Lord to sound the alarm, to be on the wall, woo, woo, woo. Um, to flash the red lights, to just um, do all those things to alert my my fellow brethren in the Lord and those who may not be saved, but fellow husbands to be mindful and be aware of, you know, intimacy or the lack thereof. And not just that, but um, pride. And so this may not be a a regular podcast from my perspective, but I just feel like I'm supposed to sound the alarm and just um, let you know that everything's going to be okay, but don't make a temporary decision. Uh, a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. And so in Philippians 4 and 13, in the Message Bible, 
Um, it talks about, you know, he's in the Message Bible, Philippians 4.13, how Paul is writing this, and he says uh, he's learned to be content whatever his circumstances are. He said, I'm just as happy with little as much. And the the thing I want to um, relay to my fellow husbands, um, co-laborers in the Lord, is that this is just a season. Um, I'm not saying your marriage is great and your marriage may be going through a, a trying time right now, but it's just a season. And don't let the season outlast your marriage. And Renee and I were talking before this podcast and we were saying that, you know, if you knew us 10 years ago, we married mm. 33 years. So let's say 13 years ago. Definitely you know, 13, 13 years, years ago. And there's no way you would have thought we would be doing what we're doing right now, which is this podcast. Right. So, um, Philippians talks about just being content and Colossians um, three and five in the amplified version. And I'm taking my time so you can write these scriptures down. It talks about put to death and deprive all the power of evil longings in your body um, and replace it because it replaces your devotion to God talks about putting away sinful passion, greed, all these immorality, all these things will um, hinder your relationship with the Lord. And of course, um, I believe if it hinders your relationship with the Lord, by default, it's going to hinder your relationship with your spouse, with your wife. Right. Like you said last week, intimacy with God first, Mm -hmm. it starts there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you're not intimate with God because all these other things, then there's no way you're going to be true intimacy with your wife. And um, Romans 12 and three in the the passion translation, it talks about um, pride and it says God has given me a grace to speak a warning about pride. I know a lot of times we think, you know, either. Pride or ego, I won't get caught, or this will never happen to me, or I'm too smooth, or whatever it may be, whatever lie the devil is telling you. Um, in this scripture, uh, Romans 12 and 3, it says, in the Passion Translation, it says, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. Um, and then you'll see your true value with the appropriate self-esteem. And so don't don't be prideful and don't be arrogant. And especially when it comes to your wife, she needs to see the vulnerable you, mm. the inner you, because that'll that that causes intimacy, that fosters intimacy. And so if you're just, you know, prideful and I got it and I can do it and I we said this from I think podcast number one. If if just if you're the same, and one of you isn't needed, right? <laughs> so, um, those are just some of the scriptures that you know the Lord gave me, and I believe the last one is Proverbs sixteen and sixteen through eighteen, 
And I would I would love for my husbands to take some time and read these scriptures throughout the week and just see how they um, minister to you. I know when when uh, when I first started being really saved, <laughs> I, I take notes in church when we go to church, I take notes. And so one of the things I I did and maybe this will help someone out there is that whatever our pastor preached on or whatever the guest um, preacher preached on, I would take those scriptures and I would um, read them and reread them throughout the week. And I would ask God to reveal something about those scriptures to me. And so um, for Proverbs 16 and 16 through 18, um, God allowed us, Renee and I, to go through certain things so we could be a blessing to you. Yes. And so don't 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 take for granted your marriage and, and your spouse and your spouse. And don't for whatever. I know we may never meet in the natural. Um, physically, we may never see each other, but don't allow what we've gone through to be in vain because we're on this podcast and we're trying to do our best to encourage you to let you know godly marriage does work. It it works. If you work it, it'll work. Yes. You got to put in the work. And when you was speaking about all of those scriptures, you were talking about lust and talking about pride and the scripture that dropped in my head to add is um, for all that's in the world, the -hmm. lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Mm -hmm is not of the Father, but is of the world. And that's in 1 John 2 and 16. Just keep in mind, we're all going to be tempted with that. The Bible is clear. It says that that's all that's in the world, Mm -hmm. but we need to be aware of it and not allow pride to mess up our intimacy with our spouse because we're too proud to show them our real selves or to be vulnerable with them or lusting after something that God does not desire for you to have. So just be mindful of those things and and just pray for a spirit of discernment. So God will show you if you're operating in any of those areas because it's unhealthy and it will ruin intimacy. And when you was talking about that, I, I looked at Proverbs 6 and 17, where it talks about the proud look in the Amplified Version, um, a lying tongue. And the hands that shed innocent blood. So basically, um, the Lord just hates just pride. Right. And, so, and I think that's why some people don't go to counseling. Yeah. Because of pride. Mm-hmm. They're ashamed that, you know, somebody might look at them like they failed or they're um, inadequate or something. But we all need help. No yes. one, I don't, it doesn't matter whether it's marriage or your, whatever your job is, uh, your profession whether it's school, we'll get help from any and everybody when it comes to everything else other than marriage. Mm, that's sad. It's yeah. sad, but true. Yeah. You know, we, we have mentors for our profession. We have, you know, if it's sports, you want to play against people who are better than you so you can get better. And whatever it may be, you want a mentor, you want somebody to help you. But when it comes to marriage, for whatever reason, it's like, we got this. I'll, 
Well, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that somebody listening to this podcast will be encouraged, inspired, and that cycle will be broken. I, I touch and agree. I believe it. And I believe that's why God gave us this podcast and this particular topic. And that's why we're talking about it today. Because somebody probably hasn't even listened to the previous, how many podcasts we've created, but they're, but they're listening to this one. And the last, I ain't going to say the last thing, but one thing I want to say to the husbands is, um, brother, your wife needs you. She needs for you to step up and become the man of God that she knows is inside of you. And also really that you know is inside of you. There is a new husband inside of you. And again, I come back to if you had known us 13 years ago, there's no way you would say we're doing a you guys are gonna do a podcast about marriage. <laughs> you <laughs> we chuckle at it. Yeah, and we know the inside story. <laughs> if God so. had told us, never mind everybody else, oh, if my God, God told us 13 years ago, I need y'all to get it together because I'm gonna have y'all doing this right now. Yeah. Yeah, we would we would have laughed just just like Sarah laughed when God said that she was gonna have a baby. Yeah. We would have laughed. Yeah, we we would have laughed. I don't even think there was such a thing as a podcast 13 years ago. but <laughs> <laughs> Or that we were going to help other marriages. Yeah, that people we were going to help. Exactly. To get married. That, like, what? That's, it's funny. It's funny now. Like, God, you got a sense of humor. <laughs> and, you know, it, it all starts. There's a new husband inside of you. And it all starts with prayer, fasting, and being intimate with God. And I am not telling you to do something that I have not done or something that I just read the book or something I heard in a seminar. I'm saying um, this works because I know it works. I've tried it. It works. I've been around enough godly husbands, enough godly men to know we all have to do the same thing. We may do it different ways but we all have to do the same thing. Yes. And if if you're going to lead your house um, the way God intended for you to lead, and even those of you who are in blended families, um, you have to start with the one who designed marriage and created marriage in the first place. Absolutely. Goes and, back to our car analogy. Yeah. You know, you don't take your, your car to the doctor yeah. <laughs> to get fixed. Mm-hmm. You take it to a mechanic and usually a mechanic who specializes in a certain type of vehicle. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't, I'm, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I know I'm sounding the alarm and I'm trying to take my time and be as deliberate as possible because I, I really want you to grasp what I'm saying, the magnitude of what I'm saying. And I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made in our marriage, because by God's grace, we survived through many toils and seasons and so on and so forth. It was just by God's grace. And I know I'm not naive enough to know that not every marriage they went through that'll go through what we went through will survive. Right. But hopefully we can help somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to encourage wives because we don't want to make it one-sided. So wives, 
Your husband needs you to respect him. The number one need of a man is to be respected. And have I always gotten that right? No. Do I still always get it right? No. But through communication, uh uh-oh, there goes that word again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's coming back to communication. Yes. Through communication, Doug would say, you know, I don't like the way you said or when you did that. I, I didn't care for that. And so be open to that type of constructive advice, criticism, or comment that your spouse will give you, ladies, if he says, I don't like when you do such and such, especially if you're in public, if you're in front of people, you need to be mindful of that. Sometimes as ladies, we like to go on and run our mouths and oh, in public and, oh, in public, do and in we public. don't and we don't really mean to uh, be disrespectful. But if it's received disrespectful to your husband, then take that under advisement and work on it. Because the number one need of a man is to be respected. So make sure you respect him, respect him as the head of the house, even if he's not operating in it the way you think he should be operating in it. He is still the head of that house and you have to submit to him, submit one to another. But I'm talking to the ladies right now. You need to submit under that headship, respect him and appreciate him and show him respect. Oh, the things that go on behind the scenes. So, <laughs> so um, okay. So, have you ever seen a couple? And this is a rhetorical question. One of the things about this podcast that I that I have to get used to is when we are teaching seminars and conferences, and we're part of things like that. We get to see um, the crowd's reaction and their facial expressions. But when you're doing the podcast, you know. The way we do our podcast, we're just in a in my office, and we're there's no there's no crowd, there's no I don't get to see anybody's reaction, facial reactions or body language. There's no fanfare or no am, amens. Yeah, there's, there's none of that. So uh, we just have to believe that this is what the Lord told us. And so, rhetorical question is that when you have you ever seen a couple and a, a marriage, husband and wife? I want to be clear. And you said, man, they look alike, you know, and, and people have told Renee and I this, and we've said this about other couples that y'all, y'all favor each other after a while. Mm-hmm. And some of that comes with intimacy because you don't get it after a year, three years, five years, seven years. You don't get that, but it comes with just spending time with each other. You start developing same mannerisms and, uh, colloquialisms and things facial like that, facial expressions <laughs> and things like that. And you just start becoming one. And, uh, and in John 14 and nine in the amplified version, and I'm going to go down to, you know, Jesus is talking to Philip and he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. And so there, there's a level of intimacy and you see Renee, you see me. If you see me, you see Renee, because we, even though we're individuals after 33 years of marriage, we're, we're one. And I yes. know we're still becoming one. That That's never going to change. But we pretty much say the same thing. We and have it's our crazy because people will say when 
we were in church, when we were actually having service in church, mm-hmm. people would see you and say, where's Renee? Yep. People would see me and say, where's Doug? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like they used so used to always seeing us mm-hmm. together. Um, so that's interesting. And that, that just comes with intimacy. That comes with spending time with each other, sharing um, your innermost thoughts and just laughing with each other, hanging out with each other. And you just and going through different things, because once you come out on the other side of that season, you have a stronger marriage. Um, and Ephesians 532, this is the goal for every church in the Amplified Version. And again, this will probably be the last scripture I quote is that um, an Amplified Version says this mystery of two becoming one is great. But I'm speaking with reference to the relationship of Christ in the church. So this is the goal for every every marriage. Every marriage mm-hmm. is to show Christ and the church. And that's why the enemy fights marriage so hard, so hard, so hard, and so frequently. Because we are supposed to show Christ in the church. Yes. So I could hear someone saying, Well, that's gonna be a bit hard because my spouse isn't doing XYZ or my spouse isn't doing their part, mm-hmm. um, but God is love. And if you're doing it, you're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. You got married. You said, I do. Again, you're committed to the institution of marriage, the ministry of marriage. And yes, you're committed to your spouse. But when your spouse isn't doing their part, you have to still do your part as unto the Lord. Do it unto him. When you do things for God as unto him, you can't go wrong because God, you're saying, God, I'm committing this to you. Wife, you're committing your ministry of wife as unto the Lord. Husband, you're committing your ministry of husband as unto the Lord. And so submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Can I say something mm-hmm. before, you, before you go on? When you said that, I immediately thought of the two of us. Because I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing, but you stood in the gap for me. And again, if we were to tell our entire story on this podcast, there's no way anybody would believe we're doing this podcast. They might not even believe some of the stuff Stuff we we say we went through. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, you're right. So um, when you say that, and I just want, the wives to understand my wife isn't just saying that to say that she's saying that because she lived it and she went through it. So when she's saying, if you do what you're supposed to do because you're doing it to the Lord or do it as unto the Lord, then she's telling you what she, a road she's walked down herself. And I, I can vouch for it. I can amen. I can second it. I can sign off on it. I can co-sign. I can do whatever adjective you want to put because I was there and I was the cause of it. And But you know what, babe? Going back to counseling and getting help, mm-hmm. I didn't do it alone, ladies. I had spiritual mentors. My very first pastor's wife, God rest her soul, was instrumental in me standing in the gap. She taught me to... Call those things that be not as though they were. 
She taught me how to pray for my husband. She taught me how to see him the way God sees him, not with what I was seeing with my natural eyes, but with my spiritual eyes. So I don't take full credit for that. To God be the glory that we sit here today being able to share this. But I had people who I went to who I cried. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, "Mm -mm, nope. Wipe your face. Come on. We're going to pray. This is what you're going to do. You're going to call those things that be not as though they were. So sisters, you need to find someone, brothers too, mm-hmm. that you can be accountable to mm-hmm. yep. that's going to give you sound spiritual advice. Because trust me, I had people on the opposite end of the spectrum saying, girl, I wouldn't take that. Girl, I wouldn't be any. You don't know what you're going to take. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're going to um decide Mm -hmm. once you're dealing with something. So just be mindful of making sure that you're getting good godly counsel. And last thing I just want to inject before you go on, as co-pastor Susie would say, be careful about saying what you'll never do, what you'll never do or what you'll never go through. Be careful. Be careful. One thing you say, I'm never, I ain't never going to put up with that. Mm -hmm. That may be the one "Hmm, thing. God. Yep. Put it at your doorstep. (laughs) Yes. So I have a scripture for you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's in James 4 and 7. So on the last episode, we discussed intimacy killers. So I want to lighten the mood a little bit. Lighten the load. (laughs) Not the load, the mood. (laughs) The mood. Yeah, the mood. mood. I want to lighten the mood a little bit so we can... um, So that we can see he's messing me up. Stop it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I want to lighten the load a little bit. And we want to give you some ways to restore intimacy. Because yes, there are things that can hinder intimacy, but there are things that can bring about intimacy. So let's talk about some of those things. One of the things that Douglas and I like to do, and it's funny (laughs) because people would see us do it. And they're like, oh, y'all so cute. Y'all still do that. We hold hands. In public. In public. Except when we cross the street. But that's yeah. a different story. That's another story for another podcast. <laughs> Brother will drop my hand. He like, uh-uh, because you either going to hold me up or you going <laughs> to... Y'all pray for us. See, we still need work, y'all. Oh, Jesus. Um, but we like to hold hands. Physical affection reduces stress hormones. Who doesn't want to have less stress? That feel-good hormone, uh, cortisol, is... Um, is stress. So you want to decrease that cortisol level and bring about some of those good endorphins that help you to feel good. And even if you're not a physical touch person, just the holding of the hands or, you know, a nice brush on the shoulder may help um, Mm -hmm. bring about intimacy. And you know what it does also when you're out in public and you hold your spouse's hand, it lets other people know he or she is mine. Yeah, he's with me. She's she's with with me. me. Keep on, you can look, but keep on walking. They're with (laughs) me. Yeah, so you don't need those t-shirts that says, he's with me, she's with me, (laughs) pointing the arrow to each other. Just hold each other's hands. I just saved y'all some money on a t-shirt. So focus on affectionate touch. Um, 
offer to give your partner a back rub or a shoulder rub. I threw this one in there because I love oh, back yes, and shoulder do. massages. Yes, you do. I have tight muscles. So I'm like, babe, can you just hit my shoulders That's right the personal there? personal trainer and my wife. Yes, but it's intimate for me. Um, people associate foreplay with uh, sexual intercourse, but affectionate touch is a powerful way to demonstrate and rekindle passion. Even if you're not a touchy-feely person, mm-hmm. you can still find ways to just make the other person feel calm, at ease, intimate, closer to you. Um, one of the things I like to do is I like to rub Duck's uh, bald head. <laughs> I love to rub it and kiss him on his head. And we was talking about this earlier. He was like, you do? I said, you don't realize that I do that? Didn't realize. I do it all the time. So obviously it doesn't bother him. <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> making him feel more intimate, but I love to rub his head. But physical touch is his um, love language. Love language. So then, you know, he wouldn't dis- yeah, I, dislike I wouldn't, it. Yeah, I wouldn't dislike it. That's for sure. But it's funny he wouldn't remember because if I rub his head in the wrong direction, he'll tell me oh, I'm going against oh the grain. Goodness. So yes. now, now you remember. Yeah, I remember now. He'll say, no, don't rub it that way. Yeah. You're going, going against, against the, the grain. grain. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, also carve out time to spend time together. That is important to have time together um try a variety of activities that bring you both enjoyment again you can compromise on this week we're going to do what she likes to do next week we're going to do what he likes to do that's one of the things Mm -hmm. when we were eating out at restaurants before COVID 19 doug and i would do um, Doug would say, you picked the restaurant last week, I'll pick this week. Or I'll say, you know, I picked the movie last week, you pick, or vice versa. Uh, Don't what pick a, any movies. Um, I'm horrible at picking movies, oh, y'all. Um, I'm, I'm batting probably a two out of ten on good <laughs> movies. I, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But um, but he'll, even though he knows I'm not good at picking movies because the trailer always has me uh, hoodwinked and bamboozled yeah, that it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but he still lets me pick the movie. He don't say, you know, you're bad at picking movies, so let me pick them from now on. Because we're spending time together. Yes. Even if it's a bad movie. Yes. We're and we sitting have in some the movie good conversations theater. Yeah. about it. Yeah. We're sitting there together. We're together, so. Yeah. We sitting there together, and he's eating my popcorn that he said he didn't want okay, any moving, of. Moving but along. that's another story moving for along. another podcast. Another way to, to um, increase... Um, Intimacy. Increase, restore. Restore intimacy. I like your word restore because that means it was there at one point. Mm. It was there. So when you probably were dating, you had intimacy, but through life, children, whatever, um, it may have dissipated. So I like that word you use, restore. Um, One of the ways to restore intimacy, and this may seem odd, but bear with me, is to hang around like-minded couples. Uh, the devil will tell you that you're the only couple that's going through something and you'll find out in hanging in hanging around like minded couples that you're all going through literally the same thing. If you have kids and young kids and you hang out with another like minded couple that has young kids, you'll see, oh, yeah, those kids have the worst timing, don't they? It's like <laughs> <laughs> and that does not change as they get older. Trust me. Uh, kids have right. the worst timing 
And you can't you can't really hang around people that aren't going in the same direction as you are. Uh, people come into your life for a season. And so that's why I said direction and not destination, because you can be going to the same place, but taking different paths to get there. And so the analogy I use is, you know, we live in Maryland. If you wanted to drive to Florida, quickest drive, drive to Florida, quickest way would be take I-95 South. But because there are many different ways to drive to Florida, you may have to take a different direction. And as long that road, you may meet a couple who will come into your life for a season and for a few years or whatever, and then you'll bond with them and then they'll go their separate way and you'll go, you know, you keep going down to Florida and then you'll meet another couple. God will put another couple in your life. I know in our marriage there were couples we thought we would be friends with forever. And it just, you know, you just go different ways. Nothing bad happened. It's just a season. People come into your life for a mm-hmm. season and you find out that they're helping you and you're helping them and you're being, they're being a blessing. You're being a blessing to each other. And then, you know, you go on. But I think, I think hanging around like-minded couples, like-minded marriages is definitely a way to uh, restore your intimacy. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, so we haven't really touched on sex. I know somebody might be thinking, well, is, isn't is sex a part of intimacy? And it Ooh, is, but yes, we didn't is. want that to be the, <laughs> the main part of it because it certainly isn't the main part of, the it. Main part of intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's not the primary uh, focus, uh, but we didn't want to separate it. So we wanted to include um, sexual intimacy. So we suggest separating sexual intimacy from a routine. So plan sexual intimacy time and avoid talking about relationship problems in the household chores in the bedroom. Mm. One of the things that Douglas and I do is there are certain conversations we do not have in our bedroom. That is our sanctuary. That is our uh, place of peace, uh, our whole house is, mm-hmm. but we don't have conversations. I think we had mentioned on another podcast, there are certain conversations we don't even have in the house. Yeah. Uh, we'll go sit in the car, we'll go for a ride, um, but we don't have certain conversations in the house. So two things, plan sexual intimacy. It's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have sponta- spontaneity, but then at the same time, life happens. Mm-hmm. Again, kids, timing, work, distractions. So sometimes, just like you schedule everything else on your calendar and you stick to it, maybe you schedule time. Hey, tonight, babe, we're going to meet. You're going to wear this. I'm going to wear this. And we're going to have some chocolate strawberries. And we're going to sit in the room. And we're going to just laugh. We're going to talk. We're going to play music. Whatever works for you, boo. And for the love of God, do not come to bed with that thing on your head. (laughs) (laughs) Or that cream on your face, women. Oh, do not do that. (laughs) Yes. Take that thing off your head. What's a bonnet? Bonnet. Why are you talking about my bonnet? (laughs) I didn't say your bonnet. I said, what's it called? It's a bonnet. How would you know unless you've seen it? I've seen TV shows. (laughs) I watch TV. Yes, ladies. Pull the bonnet off. Don't don't worry about your hair. Stop worrying about my hair's gonna get messed up. Mm-mm. That and is that is not intimate. It's not cute. 
And that's why you need to hang around other couples because other couples will tell you, yeah, we have the same problems, same things. And then you laugh about it. Yes. And you keep it moving. Yes. But use it as learning, a learning experience. Use it as an opportunity to improve and grow and change and do something different. Uh, speaking of which, change your patterns of initiating sex. Uh-oh. If you want something different, you have to do something different. Uh-oh. You, somebody saying, I don't, you know, my spouse doesn't do X, Y, Z or, Uh-oh. well, then you do it. You do it. Why don't you do it? <laughs> you make you make the adjustment. Communicate. Yep. You want XYZ. You need XYZ. You would appreciate XYZ. What whatever it is, change the pattern. Change, you know, be the change you wish to see. And and for the person who's on the receiving end of this conversation, don't immediately think, well, what have you been doing or, you know, who been who have you been talking to to come up with these these new things? It's new. It's different. Your your husband and wife. You're supposed to explore each other. You're supposed to, you know, do these things. God gave you the right to yes. do it. Yes, the bed is undefiled. Where's yes. that scripture at? I don't know. Don't okay, it's well, in there. We we'll have it for your next podcast. I have another scripture I'm gonna have to find for you guys. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll have it before this podcast is over. But maybe you're denying your spouse or coming on too strong. Think about it. Avoid criticizing each other if they're not doing it right. Don't criticize. Don't think you got it all together. Don't be the um, you know the person doing the blame game. Well, we don't have intimacy because you don't know. That's that's not doing, especially ladies, that's not being respectful. Mix things up to end the power struggle. For example, the person who's usually the one that's avoiding or being a distancer, maybe you practice initiating the sex more often. And pers- the pursuers try to find ways to tell their partner, you know, you're sexy, you're hot, you're attractive. You're hot. You look good. I like that outfit on you. I love when you wear. I love when you do. Avoid the critique and demands for closeness. You need to be the change that you wish to see in your other in your other spouse in your spouse in your other spouse not your other spouse in your spouse. So, you looking up the scripture for yeah, me? Yeah, I'm looking. It okay, up. I was gonna look it up, but I'm trying to uh, talk, and that's why I'm oh, that's why saying you got the me. other spouse. <laughs> So believe in one spouse. So yes, yes. So for intimacy to work, you must also recognize that you and your spouse have seasons. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes three that to everything there is a time and a season. So you need to recognize what season your spouse is in. You need to recognize what season your marriage is in. I will be transparent. I am in the season of hot flashes. I, y'all can make of that what y'all want. I am in the season of menopause. Mm. And so I'm changing the, yes, I'll just say I'm changing. (laughs) So that's the season that I'm in. And so that's something that Douglas is having to navigate through, if you will. And we have to learn to recognize our spouses change. We're going to change. Yes, husbands your wives are going to change. Uh, 
women, yes, your husbands are going yeah, to change, change and they may mm-hmm. not change the way you want them to change or how you want them to change. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's important. So, Douglas and I, we're going to be vulnerable for a minute. Just a minute. Just just a minute. 60 seconds. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, I paused. For, sorry. So we're going to be vulnerable for a second. We're in a season of grief. Um, and May, between the months of May and July, are usually the tough months for us. Yeah, that 90-day stretch. After... Losing our son um, almost four years ago. So May uh, 5th is his birthday, which some of you may have heard the podcast where we did a tribute to our beloved Andrew. Uh, June, he graduated from high school. July was the month of his passing, his transitioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, July is also... My birthday month, <laughs> um, July is also our anniversary. So what? Oh, also, was... also, not to cut you off. For those of you who uh, who are outside the United States, in the month of May, we have a holiday called Mother's Day, where we recognize mothers. Yes. And then in June, mm-hmm. we have Father's Day. Yes. We recognize fathers. Yes. So you roll all that up into a ninety-day period. Mm-hmm. And you talk about being cognizant of each other as far as intimacy yes, and the season that we're in. Because we, we deal with these months, these, um, these dates differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we have to be mindful and respectful of each other's grieving process of how we handle it, how we deal with it. Now we have to be strong for one another yes. and we have to lift each other up and encourage each other. But at the same time, we need to learn to when to back up and say, okay, I need to give him space. I need to give her space. So you need to be mindful of when your spouse needs space. Women, when a man goes in that man cave, sometimes he's not doing anything wrong. Nothing. He, he just needs some, he needs yep. some space. He needs to go into that nothing box. It took me years to believe when men said they were thinking about nothing. They we really are nothing. not thinking about nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Remember the analogy of the waffle. The man's brain is like a waffle. You have the little squares and you pour the syrup in and it will it can go into each box. They have one box that they don't let any syrup go into. And that's our nothing box. That's their nothing box. And for a while, like, I would say to Doug, what you thinking about? He would say nothing. And I'm thinking, that's impossible. Because <laughs> for women, we always thinking about something. And chances are, we thinking about five, ten different things mm-hmm. all in one time. And some of them have nothing to do with the other thing, but we're still thinking about it. Yep. So you got to respect each other's space. Expect, respect each other's season and be mindful of it. Sometimes you have to pray about it. You have to pray for a spirit of discernment that God will help show you 
that your spouse just needs a break from you. Your spouse just needs alone time. They need time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Respect that. Because, you know, sometimes, like for me, I'm talking about me. I get on my own nerves. So I know <laughs> I get on Renee's nerves. I, I know that. Sometimes I don't even want to hear my own self-talk. And vice versa. I know I get on your nerves, dear. No. No? No. Oh, okay, cool. No. <laughs> then I'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so we want you to, as it says in First Peter Chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, and this is in the New Living Translation. We encourage you to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. We are all in this together, married folks. We all are dealing with something that we have to navigate, but don't let the enemy trick you or fool you. He's looking for that open opportunity to infiltrate your marriage, cause division, cause separation, cause the cause course. I can't get the word out. Cause Cause. divorce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was a tongue twister for me. And just dismantle the plans of the Lord to for you to exhibit the image of Christ in the church. We just we just want what's best for you. Um we're not we're not trying to sell you anything. We're not um you know we we don't have a church and we're trying to get new members or additional members and anything like that. We just want God's best for you and your marriage. That's all we're asking. That's all our prayers is for. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 4. Marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. I didn't know if you was going to say something. (laughs) I was. I was waiting for you to finish. Okay. Okay. Podcast land. So I didn't, I wanted, I didn't want to interrupt your. Yeah. So. Doug found the scripture that we were talking about earlier. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will char- will judge. So the A clause of that scripture, the, the bed is undefiled. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed is undefiled. So there isn't anything that you and your spouse can't do in the bedroom. As long as you agree. As long as you agree on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So. We love you. Yes, and we appreciate you. I'll let my wife sign us out because she said you always told and talk last. So I'll That's let not you talk true. Last. No, no, no. Anyway, so <laughs> as y'all pray for us, as you can see how we're concluding this podcast, we love you, as my husband said. We appreciate you, and we thank you for tuning in once again. God bless. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.